Welcome to another brand new episode of Crash Chords Autographs. I, of course, am Matt, aka Stormageddon. And before we get into this week's episode, I, as always, want to thank my incredible patrons, Rob, Frankie, Emily, Greg, and Case. If you would like to be a patron and get a shout out right on this show, you can go to patreon.com slash stormageddon. There are a bunch of great, great rewards. And one of them, most of them, gets you a shout-out right here at the top of the episode. So check that out. If you can't do Patreon, I totally understand. A like, subscribe, rating, review, share, retweet, any of that stuff helps to grow the show, the audience, and get more folks enjoying these incredible interviews. But enough shilling. Time to talk about this week's incredible guest. He is one of the kindest humans I've ever known, the incredible Jason Ritter. Jason joins me to chat about Gravity Falls, another period talk a little drunk history, we talk some music nerdery, we talk video games. It's just a great conversation, and I've known Jason a while. He is just the biggest sweetheart. His sister Carly was a previous guest, and I just love this whole family so much. But enough rambling. Please enjoy my awesome interview with the lovely, talented, kind, and super-duper funny Jason Ritter. Well, Jason, it's so great to have you on the show. I'm really excited. You are the second Ritter to appear on the show, with Carly being on five years ago. I can't believe how much time has passed. That is truly unbelievable. It's also so funny because I listened to that once when I when uh, when it came out, and then like last year, uh, I was in Vancouver and I was a little bit lonely, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, and I was, I just, and I listened to it in its entirety again. It was a great interview. Uh, and um, yeah, if, if if you at home haven't heard it yet, um, Carly Ritter on this very podcast. On this very podcast. She was a delight. I had such a blast uh, chatting with her and her music is so great. Like she's, it's, it's just insane how talented so she is. It's so insane. It's, <laughs> it's so beautiful. I remember when she first played it for me and I was like, all right, you know, let's be supportive. It's our first, she's... She's really, uh, she's been working on it for a while. And then I just was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And it, it really felt like she was able to kind of take who I know she is to be, take her soul and like really just put it into music. I was like, yeah, that's, that's a song by you, by the person that I know. There didn't feel like there were blocks or it just felt like it all came out of her. It was really amazing. Um, yeah, it felt super, super like natural to who she is. Um, and it's really cool because I got to meet you, your sister and your mom after the uh, production of The Shawl and Pere de Chen, Chen that you did yeah. in New York, um, which was, I think, the second time we had met in person because we met at the 24 hour plays. But I got to chat mm. with your mom and your sister for a while. And she was so gung-ho when she found out I had a podcast. She's like, oh, I got to come on. I was like, okay, sure. Um, and <laughs> oh. your whole family is just super sweet. Like, I'm just, oh, I, the storms are lucky to know you guys. But the, as much as we love Carly here, this is not a podcast about her. It's about you. Yes. Yes. Um, and I'm really <laughs> excited to have you on. Um, I've been a fan of your work for a long time, even before I knew you through Sarah. And one of the first things I really want to talk about, because it's gotten this life of its own since we last spoke, which is what I'm wearing a hat of to represent, which is the incredible show that is Gravity Falls. When you were first making that show, did any of you have any idea the kind of impact it was going to have on the nerd community? 
I no, I had no idea. I mean, I I remember auditioning for a a Disney show, and um, I was super excited. You know, I grew up watching cartoons. Uh, I was incredibly excited to just like get that part and be animated. And that was, yeah. uh, you know, I was <laughs> like, Oh, this is so exciting. Maybe there'll be a toy, um, of me. And, uh, I, I had no idea, not only how much it, uh, like people would love it, but also I had no idea how far down the rabbit hole I personally <laughs> would go. Um, because I started to, I was a little bit behind the fans of the show. You know, I would go in for a couple hours record. I'd be like, Oh, this is funny. This, these are, you know, these are my lines. These are the jokes. This is the show. Um, but I didn't realize like all the stuff that was being laid into, you know, the backgrounds and, you know, the mysterious who we've come to know as Blendon Blandon popping up in the first three episodes. And when people watching this show started to kind of put these pieces together, I started to get really into it. And then I felt yeah. like I had an inside, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had like I had an in. I could take what the fans were asking and be like, and go in for my next um session and be like, before we record this episode, a couple uh a couple quick questions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to imagine that you didn't know the big picture in the beginning. I'm sure Alex, when writing the story, I'm I imagine he had an idea because it feels pretty complete by the end, but I'm sure through the course of it, like you didn't know where this story was going with Bill and with, you know, Grunkle Stan and everything. I had no idea. I had no idea that there was um, you know, that the 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 twins thing had, had yeah. like gone in a generation before. I'm trying not to spoil it, but I didn't right, know that right, Uncle right. Stan had a twin or anything. Um, I was I was totally blown away, and um, and not only that, but I I loved decoding all the codes at the end of every episode and um, and really getting into it. And I feel like the way I play video games and the way I watch shows and things like that is, uh, but especially video games, I like go into every corner. I'm like, did I miss something? And, you know, and I, I, you always feel like satisfied when you go searching for something and they've put something there for the people who search. And yeah. Alex is one of those people who like, if you pause on something like an article, it's, it's been written out. You know, so like a whole article, yeah, for those people who, um, you know, are looking for things, he's placed a whole bunch of little Easter eggs and uh, amazing things in there. And I, yeah, he had a plan pretty much from the beginning. I mean, I'm sure things slightly changed, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, but, he, but the large overarching, overarching. Which one is it? Overarching or overarching? It could be either. I'll, okay. I'll go with either. <laughs> we, we can go with both. <laughs> the whole mystery, like the big mystery of the two brothers, were uh, was always was always there. That's awesome. Yeah, and I imagine, like you said, you just went in and recorded your lines. There probably wasn't a lot of times that the whole cast was together when recording and stuff. I imagine that only happened like post the show, like maybe meeting up afterwards, right? There were there were two times that I remember uh, where Kristen and I. There was one time where Kristen and I recorded together, um, and there was one time where um, where Kristen and uh, Thurup, who plays Little Gideon, and I mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. recorded together. But it was it was a it was a little bit of a nightmare scheduling wise. For the first first of all, I was in Los Angeles and Kristen was in New York for a very long time, and then we sort of swapped places, yeah. so it was hard to even be in the same state. And we tried it remotely once, and it didn't really work. So we had to just kind of wing it. But it was it's always fun when we get to 
you know, do something in public or at a convention or um, those things of the past that we shall never experience oh. again. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of scary how much how different things are now. But it's funny talking about Kristen and your relationship with Dipper and Mabel, like there's such great, wholesome brotherly love between those two characters. I imagine there was some drawing from your own life with your own family in that. Do you think any of your family members would see some of Jason in Dipper and some of Mabel in them? Uh, yes, I, I would definitely say that. I think I mean, I think within my especially my my siblings, there's it's like a little bit of a blend of both of them and in each of us we could be uh we can be a little like logical and you know trying to solve the mystery and figure out the problems and solve everything and we can also be like way over the top positive and yeah. singing and being goofy and uh and weird but yeah i i i definitely there's no shortage of sibling love in in our family so i definitely drew on that it's like the thing where you're like oh i love you so much get out of my room you know <laughs> kind of like push and pull uh that yeah. happens it's love and frustration and but all like the baseline of just pure love and like culminating in all the excitement of this it was so fun to see you later on get to be dressed as dipper to promote the book that was coming out and to like do that kind of comedy like falling into the role and wanting it to not and like that all that <laughs> stuff i'm sure there's some honesty to that because i'm sure you love the character but it was fun to get to see you play in that space physically oh yeah it was it was so much fun i mean the longer the show went on the more i realized that dipper and i were just the same <laughs> person <laughs> i was as invested in solving the mystery as anybody and it was it was funny because yeah we would we would go to like do things and um a kid would ask one us about you know some element of the mystery and uh, Kristen would be like oh uh well maybe ask Jason <laughs> and I'd be like yes okay here we go how far down do you want to go um but it was she was like having so much fun and just kind of like you know I and I meanwhile I was you know scouring every background every leaked piece of <laughs> footage and all that stuff um so it was it was really fun. It, the dynamic definitely um, mirrored our real life dynamic. Uh, and then it was also fun to get to do the uh, live action thing for what, you only see it for one second. But in Weird Mageddon, uh, Linda yeah. Cardellini and I uh, are in the car together. And um, that was that was fun to hang out with her. She's so cool. It also, it so feels awesome. like Dipper and Wendy. I just was like, hello, Linda. You're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you are just so cool. It, I remember first, like, because I got into the show before I knew who was in it. I had known you were in it because I think I saw you tweet about it, but I didn't realize who the rest of the cast was. And then hearing all the voices, I'm like, oh, my God, this cast is ridiculous. It's just such a great cast of people, even the guest stars and everything. It was just oh, so yeah. cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, to have to to hear like Alfred Molina is going to come on and John Oliver and oh, my gosh, it was so cool. John Stewart. Ugh. Yeah. Such a great cast. Um, I want to go back to something you were talking about a bit because our friendship, I think, strengthened through finding out that you play video games. We're friends mm -hmm. on various Nintendo apps. Um, yes, I made the mistake. I, I looked on my Switch the other day. I wanted to see how much Animal Crossing you'd played, and I made the mistake of looking at how many hours you've put into that. It's a lot. You you must really love Animal Crossing. I, I it's my first time with Animal Crossing, and uh, it is a lot. It it builds up. You don't really feel like you're playing, but then you're like, well, I gotta go. I gotta like log in today because. I would do this uh, thing and make yeah, sure I gotta I make sure I get stuff. my 
my 300 miles from the, you know, the ABD or whatever machine. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got to hit my rocks. I got <laughs> I got to do my do my stuff. And uh, it's it is it's very addictive. I've definitely like plateaued in my designing phase and there's still yeah. huge parts of my island that are undeveloped. And I'm like, <laughs> well, maybe I'll maybe I'll get to that in a bit. But um, yeah, it's it's a lot. I'm I it's quite a lot. And I, I'm excited now that I can have like a, my little dream island where I can mm-hmm. put it out there and visit other people's islands without them having to be on. Because that's been the hardest part is coordinating yeah, sure. with people. I'm like, hey, I really want to see your island. I sound desperate and creepy. <laughs> hey, are you online? I just saw that you were online because we're friends. Uh, is your island open? Can I come over? I won't stay long. it's such a great game though and i think what and i'm sure you would agree like it coming out during this pandemic was not like there's no way nintendo planned that of course but like it was fortuitous for them because i think a lot of people are like you i'd played one animal crossing before this one but this is the one i spent the most time with also i think a big part of it is it came out around the time of covid ramping up and everyone was like i need to escape i need to get out and it was a great release for that absolutely and you can see you know like People have really put care into their homes and, you know, you can see that people have had some time on their hands and, you know, and, and really like made some beautiful things. I've now, I'm out at the point now where I am like Googling, you know, people's (laughs) islands to go visit now that the dream thing is out. I'm like, oh, you can really see and get inspired by other people's uh, homes. And I don't have this in real life. Like if you show me a home magazine or like a design magazine i'm not like no oh interest. yes that's really but <laughs> but here i'm like oh it's very smart to put a ramp uh, down by red's boat so you don't have to climb down every time <laughs> yeah it's it's really incredible like i i had no idea of fashion or design but like i've created and also downloaded so many custom hoodies and like oh my shirts gosh. and dresses and shoes and it's like like i'm a big fan of the mass effect video game series and oh yeah they met the military rank n7 is one that shepherd has and someone made a hoodie mimicking the n7 hoodie you could buy on bioware's website in the game and so now my character oh my just gosh. wears that all the time it's so that cool is- that's so cool that is awesome yeah no i i've seen a lot of like gravity falls stuff there too um it's 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 pretty fun it's that that i think is one of my favorite elements is just the the sort of community share and like when there have been times where i've coordinated and someone's come to my island i felt very sort of vulnerable and like well you know it's not done i (laughs) i'm still working on it still working on it um yeah (laughs) That's awesome. And so have you been playing games your whole life? Have you always been into video games? I've been into video games, yeah, for for a lot of the time. I mean, I kind of remember, like, uh, Atari, the first time I played, like, an Atari game when I was four, and I kind of didn't really get it. Uh, I mean, I thought it was fun. I was like, oh, I'm moving something on the TV <laughs> with this joystick. It really blew my mind. It sounds so dumb now that we have devices that, like, you know, for kids <laughs> who always could just touch things. But, like, yeah. the TV was an untouchable thing. And now there was a thing. I was like, I'm in there. I'm moving that, <laughs> that block and shooting those other blocks. Um, but Super Mario Brothers was the first one where, like, the side scrolling, there was a whole world. It seemed, like, so big. <laughs> Again, yeah. it sounds so weird now. Um, but I, I was at a friend's house um, and he had it. He had Nintendo. And um, 
he was like, oh, you want to check it out? And I didn't stop playing. He was like, we have a rule at my house where I have to go outside after we, we play for an hour and then I have to go outside for an hour. And I was like, all right, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> like, that doesn't apply to me. I'm playing this. And I just played the entire time. And that was like the beginning of my sort of uh, love affair slash obsession with games just all the way through up until now. Um and you know my my tastes have obviously changed a little bit, but um, but there's still something that I love about like a side one some one of, some of my favorite games to play now are still just like left right climb go down jump and like grab or move like limbo yeah. or inside or some of those yeah. like or just go yeah. I mean obviously way more beautiful and the storytelling is amazing but I do love this the simplicity of you're here what's to the right of you. <laughs> Go check it yeah. out. And, and I think it's really interesting now as we're old, much older and it's so much later that some games are going back to that. Like one of my favorite games on the Switch is Shovel Knight because it's this mm. game, you know, it looks like a Super Nintendo game, but it's obviously still more advanced, more colors, more sounds. But it's, you know, going to the left and just attacking with your shovel. And it's just, it, it's simple in concept, but you can expand from it so much. And like the chiptune music is so incredible. Like oh, I love that we so kind of great. come back full circle to like these these eight and sixteen bit looking games, yeah. That the, the and that series in particular is amazing, and I I really appreciate the uh, the shovel knights downward, you know, jump it oh, like yeah. the ducktails, yeah. uh-huh. you know, like jump yeah. from above and and aim down. And, oh yeah, it's very very satisfying, and the difficulty, you know, like some of those games you would just have to really, you know, you blister your thumbs trying to like get the guy it's really feels satisfying when you finally defeat a difficult boss you finally figure out their way of attacking and maneuver around it yeah it took me back to when i used to play Mega Man as a kid that was some of my earliest games on the nintendo and like now so i got the Mega Man collection on switch and i can actually beat Mega Man one somehow as an adult but like as a kid i could never figure out those bosses or the patterns i think it's something about as your brain develops you learn that stuff but like as a kid i was like i don't know how to do this (laughs) yeah well mega man i remember being infuriated by mega man because (laughs) like you know there was this secret way like oh if you do it in this order the the weapon that you get from scissor man or whatever like really works well on gas bag or whatever um and uh but i was like how are we supposed to know that it really infuriated me i was like you're just trying to make me subscribe to nintendo power and i do but i like you know there was no internet you had to rely on your friends who had heard from their older cousin or you had like a friend i had one friend who's still a friend of mine uh jasper who was the legend of zelda wizard and you could be like i i'm like help me out and he'd be like where are you and you could say, describe the screen you were in he's like okay you're near the lost woods go up to the left and he you burn this tree there's a heart container in there that should help in the meantime you know like he knew that's where all, everything was yeah he, it was it was incredible that, that's awesome yeah now it's like uh, when i have when i get stuck in a game and i'm not ashamed to say this i'll google it and literally if you just like Same. google the specific problem it just shows up whereas when we were kids it's like if you were lucky you had nintendo power or egm or one of the other gaming magazines and if not you asked your friends at school and maybe they knew but but probably not also oh yeah no i have i have no uh google shame uh, <laughs> because 
there's there's only so much time in a day and like i'm like i'm trying to I, I try to solve it first i try to figure it out and then if i get stuck i don't spend like hours or days i'm like all right you you tell me and then it is also fun when you start typing in like the first four letters of the problem you see it's like, already it's a thing. other people yeah, yeah. have yeah it's uh it feels like a community it does yeah uh so shifting gears and talking about some of your live action acting, um, I imagine you never expected that you would be a period piece comedy actor, but <laughs> you've done so much work for both Drunk History and Another Period. And Drunk History specifically, I remember when Sarah and I first started dating, way in the far off land of 2013 and 2014, we were just watching Drunk History because we loved it because it was a really great series. And you would just, every other episode or so, you'd pop up as another character. That must have been... <laughs> So much fun. How did they, so was it a lot of, would they make scripts of the drunken rants that you would have to learn? How did that work for learning lines in, in drunk history? So, yeah. So, so Jeremy and Derek, um, Jeremy Connor and Derek waters, who are the creators of, of drunk history. They, um, I, well, I've been friends with Derek for years and years and, but I've been friends with Jeremy since we were in kindergarten. And oh, when wow. they first started doing drunk history it was just an idea that Derek had and Jeremy was like I think I know how I think I know how we can like really make this good and so a lot of the reenactments of the original one are, were just shot at my mom's house um, amazing that's awesome yeah. yeah so we had like and I remember there was one story of uh, my sister's boyfriend at the time he like hit his head he like was in the bathroom I don't know that really but he hit his head on the on the wall in the bathroom um, and he walked out and he was looking for my sister and he saw Will Ferrell dressed as uh, Abraham Lincoln just walk by and go, hello. And he he thought he was having a full-blown <laughs> hallucination. He could not believe. He's like, well, I know what I saw. <laughs> Can't be revealed. <laughs> Um, but, um, but yeah, so, so I've known those guys. And so, you know, after it, it went to funny or die and then eventually comedy central picked it up. Um, they've like continued to sort of put me in, but yeah, now they have a whole system where the, the sound department like will pipe it over. Uh, but, but at the beginning they just had it on a laptop and they would just kind of press play on the laptop by you. And you had to kind of, you did have a script and it helped to know the words, but the, the key of it always was it's to just hear that thing. over and over and over again. And now it's, it's so, it's fun because it's so professional. They can actually just like the sound department just hits it and it just plays the little clip that you're shooting plays on a loop for everyone. So you can just, you can just kind of like, um, uh, hit it over and over and over again until you get it perfect, um, while they're setting it up and, um, but yeah, it's, uh, they, they send you initially, they send you the complete edited story. So at home you can start getting, uh, accustomed to it, but mm -hmm. then when you're there, they definitely let you, um, <laughs> keep practicing and practicing and practicing. Cause some of those rhythms are tough to get, especially if there's a cough or a hiccup or a vomit <laughs> right in the middle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, but it, it, that's sort of the fun of the show is when all of those things get incorporated into the, the story. But that has been such a gift uh, in this, um, this whole life <laughs> so yeah. far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my, my next question is what, what is, do you remember the strangest or most weirdest line read you to ha you had to do because of the narration? Like, is there one that stands out that was just so strange or, or weird or goofy? 
I think one of the ones that I really remember, I just, I just because it was the first one, it was uh, that one of the first ones that I did. It was uh, Jen Kirkman doing um, the story of George Washington and Oni Judge. Yeah. And uh, Danny McBride played George Washington and Timberly played Oni Judge. And uh, yeah, I had to say, like, I was seduced by a. She she had hiccups the whole time, which made it so fun. It was like I was seduced by a, a Frenchman. Uh, she, he she said, um, "I have tasted a truth and a freedom that was so real." You know, I don't remember the whole words, but yeah, I tasted yeah. a truth and a freedom. Blah 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 blah. That's what she said. I don't remember the whole words, but I've tasted a truth and a freedom. Blah blah blah, blah that you can't give to me. Um, and it it I. Like getting the hiccups and all of that was so fun. And then T- Timberly had to do a, a whole long monologue of a, of a, a, a letter. Um, yeah. And it was this thing where we like, we put her in this hallway that we could get kind of really super dark and just had a flashlight because it's just supposed to be her face. Um, <laughs> and I was like, how is she going to do this? And if you go back, and I think it's like Drunk History 3, she, it was like the first take or something she just nailed it with all of the hiccups but also with all of like the passion of the letter it was so amazing amazing. (laughs) yeah and then going from drunk history to doing something also around that time like another period which is oh yeah just as goofy and off the wall but that's completely scripted that's not storytelling and to play uh frederick bellacourt we'll say maybe not a genius among men Uh, (laughs) (laughs) like that must have been so fun to play a character who's just so stupid and so ridiculous oh my god to just to just give into it that was so much fun that was i mean those two things are are two of the most fun things that i've i've gotten to do uh partly because jeremy also um you know my one of my oldest friends jeremy also directed so much of another period but yeah another period was so much fun i think ricky lindholm and natasha leggero are geniuses and the character that they wrote for me just even as it went on and he just had less and less intelligence it just was so fun uh so fun to do so well written and um and easy because i i think most of the time i try to i try to pretend that i'm smarter than i am i try to really articulate myself and so it was fun to just just strip that all away and just like, what if i just was a babe in the woods who never had to do anything for himself or think about anything. Um, And I'm so bummed that we didn't get a third season because he, uh, Frederick was um, elected president at the end of that last one. Yeah. I mean, I feel like now that, you know, might be a little too real. That might be a little too depressing. That that probably is. Yeah. What if a totally out of touch rich spoiled socially uh oh anyway um (laughs) yeah i had a fun experience with sarah during the pandemic we got disney plus and we had we never got to see frozen 2 in the theaters so we were watching it and we're sitting there and i hadn't i hadn't known that you were in it um but but sarah had and so like we're sitting there we're watching and it gets to one of your first scenes and she just springs up and goes that's jason i recognize his voice because she didn't remember what character you were but she like springs up i was like oh and then i listened i was like oh yeah it is jason and that was really cool it was just really cool because then of course we could pick you out of a haystack every time after that but it was just really funny it was so sudden what was it like to be a part of such a ridiculously successful and awesome disney movie that was amazing. I mean, it was a whole uh, it was a whole process because it was the first audition that I ever had to 
sing in and mm-hmm. I was so terrified. And there was a point at the beginning where I, I love singing and I, I have a great time singing with friends and karaoke, never really done musical theater. Um, but I really do love singing and I sing a lot of musical theater again to my friends or in karaoke, <laughs> things like that. But I was so nervous, you know, when you're like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's audition to sing in something with Adina Menzel and uh, Kristen Bell. You're like, well, I, I, that's, I can't do that. That's not me. So I almost, I, I almost sort of chickened out of the audition, but then I was like, what if I, what if, what if I just try it anyway? And I worked really hard. <clears throat> I, I, well, I, I went in for the first one and they were like, cool. Um, why don't you work with a vocal coach for <laughs> about a little bit and come back for the, the um, callback. And so I really did. I worked with this woman named Pisha McPhee for a month and uh, really like worked on my audition songs and went in and then they ended up cutting my, my song uh, uh-huh. anyway, but I, it was so exciting to be in that world and yeah. have them show me um, little things that were, uh, you know, what my character looked like and um, where they were in the animation. It was so fascinating to see half d- finished things um, yeah. and, and, and realize how long of a process it was and for how long I had to sort of keep it a secret. It was like, I right. was bursting <laughs> with wanting to tell my you know family and friends and i there was a period of time where i was like i was so scared i'm sure it would have been fine to tell my family right. and friends but i was so scared that i would get in trouble that i just told melanie and i was like you are sworn to secrecy you can't tell anyone <laughs> yeah exactly i'm only telling you this because that's where i'm going right now i didn't want to <laughs> leave the house and be like i can't tell you where i'm going um I, but I, I i'm just leaving i'll be back eventually <laughs> yeah i'll be back it's important um but yeah it was so much fun and also just just the sort of the thrill of being in a disney musical we you know we grew up listening to those and sure. knowing all the words and um yeah it was it was it was fun to be part of that 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 world to paraphrase a famous disney <laughs> princess song <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and it's funny you bring up karaoke because one of my fondest memories of you and you like I was very nervous the, for one of the first L.A. 24 hour plays I went to. I just I'd never been to to one. I'd helped Sarah and volunteered a bunch before, but I'd never gone to the one of the ones in L.A. And, and at the after party, I remember just being really nervous, like tons of huge folks are there. You know, I had only sort of known you and we talked a little and like Gladys Morris that was there and Gavis Rossdale, oh, yeah. like, all these people that I like, I just had no idea how to talk to. And then I remember Sarah going here, come with me. I have an idea. Cause she knows how much I love music. And she drags me to the karaoke room they have at the party and you're in there belting out um, Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> and to this day, it's my favorite rendition of that song. And it was just so great. Cause like, some people, when they do karaoke, they just kind of sing along and they bop. And like, I'm the kind of person that if I'm going to do this and I don't think I can sing well at all, I'm going to go for it. Like, I'm just going to be ridiculous. And that's for exactly sure. what you did. It's like, yeah. you're just like, like, it's like you're, you're on stage at the, at Madison Square Garden belting out home, uh, Wrecking Ball. And I just, it made, filled me with such love <laughs> because I could see you as a person in that performance, just, just going for it and having a blast. And, you know, at, it was at- so fun. 
It was so fun. I, I well, I, I remember that the setup of that room. It was a thing where like there was all there were all these different rooms of the party, so people could like kind of come in or come out. But at any point, yeah. there could be no one in there or a couple people in there or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but it was so much fun. And yeah, I'm definitely we're we're of the same mind. I I think passion first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the technical stuff later or maybe um, that's for the other people. But but for right. me, uh, the passion, yeah, is, is definitely the most important. And it's hard to sing uh, Wrecking Ball without uh, full passion. I mean, you that's can. True. You can do like a soft cover of it. But the fun of it is that like, yeah. you know, it's like it's singing the, like Sia or Adele or, you know, where you're like, I'm, I get to do this note with all of my heart and soul that's the fun of it i'm basically yelling but there's a yes allowed because there's piano behind me (laughs) (laughs) um has there been any uh music that's really gotten spoken to you during this time during the pandemic have there been any albums or artists that you've been listening to a lot of right now we have um yes actually uh well we've we have like a little playlist for our daughter that we've been cycling through Mm -hmm. um uh, so there's about 20 songs that are just in my head forever. And she's obsessed with this <laughs> one uh, by Gogol Bordello called Start Wearing Purple. Uh-huh, she just yeah. is, She's like, purple, 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 <laughs> purple again. So we've listened to that song about 100 million times. Um, but she started to start get into kind of rock and roll. So, you know, she yes. kind of shakes her head around. And uh, it started by, you know, I, it's a, I've locked I've logged into Melanie's um, like Apple music thing, which I don't have, but which is so amazing because everything is there. So I've been like I've been going through some of my old faves um, and Alice in Chains facelift. Yes. Um, and I mean, the Dirt is amazing, too. But mm-hmm. and I, I always kind of in my head thought that was my favorite album of them. But facelift is like so <laughs> hardcore yeah. <laughs> and, and uh. awesome um and then uh she also has really enjoyed um bright eyes uh digital ash and a digital urn she just nice. like gets into the groove of that the the uh, electronic one and um but yeah it's 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 been amazing to kind of go back through we've been listening to like a lot of beatles and john lennon and just kind nice. of like um things that make you feel ha- positive and um, and then, you know, every once in a while, the new Taylor Swift album will come out. I'll check that out yeah, all the way. I'll check that out. Yeah. Um, I listened to Lemonade by Beyonce all the way through again. That that I think is probably my favorite album of the, the decade. Uh, I like I haven't had like a piece of art hit me so hard mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. If you listen to it from the beginning, like the journey of that album, the songs are all amazing, but the journey of that is really powerful and um, a different moment, like makes me emotional every single time I listen to it. Um, so that was fun to listen to that again. And uh, but yeah, have, uh, what about you? You have any uh, pandemic? Yeah, I mean, for me, it depends, right? Like I actually I made a playlist because I'm an emotional musical listener. Like I. I've listened to music my whole life. It's my go-to thing. I listen to music the same way some people read books. Like I dig really deep into it. And so like I made a playlist recently of called songs that make me cry, but then I feel better later. Like songs that are just like powerful. Um, I'll send you the link to it afterwards, but it's got 
one of my favorite artists on it right now is someone named Halsey. I don't know if you've heard of Halsey. Oh, yeah. I've She's heard a of pop yeah. singer. And so, like, her most recent record just hits me in a way that a pop record hasn't hit me in a long time. And so I've been listening to that on Endless Loop. And then there's a, a musician who does, like, hip-hop and alternative rock. Her name is Kay Flay, who I love. She Her last couple of records have blown me away. I've always been a big fan of hip-hop, but... Um, she put out a record recently called Solutions. A lot of her music had been very like kind of self-reflecting and depressing, you know, kind of like working through yeah, stuff. Yeah. But this new album is more uplifting. And so to go on that ride has been really great. Oh, and so cool. Solutions by K-Flay has been like my number one album during the pandemic. I've listened to it a lot. Oh, I'm putting that right in. Yeah, That's it's so it's, exciting. It's a good one. And what I love now also, my favorite thing on Twitter, because I'm following the right people, is when someone recommends an album, even if it's an artist I've never heard of or a genre I've never heard of, I just pull it up on Spotify or on YouTube or wherever and check it out because there's literally no barrier of entry anymore to music. You can just hear oh, it yeah. anywhere. And I love that. Like when we, when we were growing up, because I get the sense that we're around the same age, like mm -hmm. if you wanted a single, you had to go to the store, buy the CD, oh, and then yeah. bring it home and listen to those two songs on Endless Loop forever. Yep. <laughs> well, and, and also, I, you know, it's been a sort of fun period of time for me because Melanie is also a huge music fan and uh, knows so much. I got obsessed truly and i truly mean that word i got obsessed with nirvana and kurt cobain mm -hmm. and would not listen to anything else for at least five or six years sometimes wow. some things would like come in you know i'd hear you know my friends would be like this is a band called six finger satellite or trans am or um uh eventually built to spill was the first one that i like jumped to a new obsession right. um but a lot of a lot of bands like uh, I, I hear music and it doesn't, I don't get sort of locked into them kind of emotionally. And there have been only a few bands, Nirvana, Built to Spill, Bright Eyes, um, that I've, I've, I've just gotten upset. I'm like, I have to hear every song that this person has written and yeah. I need to know their soul. Um, <clears throat> but it means that I've, I've missed like huge chunks <laughs> of, of, music over the years and it's been so incredible to i finally started to like open up my my ears and my heart to um to all different kinds of music and and uh yeah i'm i get super excited now anytime i hear especially if someone that i trust and know says this hit me in a way yeah check it out uh yeah that's my favorite my too. I think recommending music and then someone telling me they love it afterwards is, and I've done a ton of stuff. I've done podcasts and I live stream and all this stuff, but that's one of my favorite accomplishments in life because music is so personal to me. Yeah. And if I'm recommending something, mm -hmm. it means I really love it. And for someone else to love it as much as I did is always so much fun for me. You know, you yeah. never, and also becoming an adult, I don't have, like, I don't believe in guilty pleasures anymore. If you like something <laughs> and you want to listen to it, there's nothing to be guilty about. Like, I, I just, I grew up, you know, growing growing up, uh, kids can be cruel. And if you listen to female pop singers, they were cruel about it. And it's like, it doesn't matter what you listen to. Listen to whatever you want. And like, I'm so far deep in the, the, the female uh, pop experience now with Halsey and Taylor Swift and oh, yeah. Play and Adele. Like, I listen to all of that, and I love it. And I missed so much of it when I was younger because I was the same way. I listened to Alice in Chains and Metallica. Like, I was deep into heavy rock and metal because I was a 
boy, that's what I had to listen to. No, it's true. There there was so much of that. There was, and like, there was also this thing in the nineties that was great, but also, which was like the only, like truth is the only important thing. And that's, that's really great. But then there was, there became such a fear of, of being anything other than sort of like, cool or i don't know like it's like is it is the truth that everybody is just cool is that what the truth is um oh my god yeah and so yeah it's 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 been so nice to have a lot of those barriers broken down and yeah i i always felt i mean i think that's partly why i got obsessed with nirvana i was like well i really do like this person and this is safe to like i feel like you know um and i i also won't be quizzed like hey What's the drummer's name of oh, uh, Pearl that. Jam or whatever? Oh, you think you're a fan? I'm like, look, I, I got, that. I got Dave Grohl, I got Chris Novoselic, I got Kurt Cobain, and um, and I know all of the guys who were in it before <laughs> and out. I'm just gonna focus. You, you want to quiz me? This is all I know. <laughs> um, I am a true fan of this. There's so much of like, oh, you really like that band? Ugh, I Prove hated it. That. Yeah, it was and the like, worst. In my school, also would do a thing where like, hey, you, do you like this band, so and so? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's not even a real band, you poser. I made uh, it up. Oh, I hate Ugh. that. Yeah, yeah it's so like I, this idea, like they had to gatekeep enjoyment of things. And that drives me nuts. Yeah. It's like in the gaming community now, the biggest thing I fight back against with my gaming podcasts is there is no such thing as a real gamer. If you play a video game of any kind, even a phone game, oh, you yeah. are a gamer. Done. I, End of oh, story. For sure. Especially the... um. The the and the gatekeeping um like for female gamers yeah like it's just like I think I think generally like you and I I mean you and I are are gamers and like would if someone else played a game we'd be like sure the 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 amount that I feel like some of them have to prove themselves uh-huh. and like it's uh, I, and the kind of hate that they it's just, I can't even um, it's astonishing it's astonishing yeah um but yeah i i agree if you play video <laughs> games if you like them if you're passionate yeah you're a gamer yeah sure why not yeah Jeez. it's funny uh you, you you're someone who clearly was very passionate about the grunge movement and about nirvana specifically and so i want to ask you a question that i get asked all the time because i love the foo fighters i've always been a diehard foo fighters fan i also always love nirvana and people ask me, do I have a preference? And I'm like, they're night and day. But do you do you oh. like Foo Fighters a lot as well, knowing that they grew out of the end of Nirvana, or do you like one better than the other? That is a that's such a good question. Um, it, it, yeah, it's totally different for me. I mean, first of all, I was so excited. I loved all you know. I loved all three of those guys, and I always thought you know in interviews I was like, Kurt is so cool. I'm probably more like Chris or Dave. They were a little bit like goofier in their things and just, um, and so to, to, to see Dave's new band come out and that first album was so great. And I, I was like, Oh, this is amazing. And then to see what they've become where Nirvana is like a footnote in (laughs) Dave's like, it's, it's mind blowing to me. Um, I probably listen to Foo Fighters more now. And I, I think Dave Grohl is a, about as cool and seems like as good of a human being as possible. I mean, every story I've heard is like, yeah, he broke his ankle and continued playing the show. And so, I know, it's insane. <laughs> every story I've ever heard of him is like the coolest, the nicest, um, best person. Uh, 
but Nirvana holds such a special place in my heart and it shaped me in such a way that it's hard for me to dis dismiss that. Um, for sure. And, uh, and but it's 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 I think as I've grown older, you know, you listen to Nirvana, you're like, oh gosh, you know, he he died at 27. All of this was written before he was 27. Oh, it's yeah. hard for me to even comprehend that. And what's been really beautiful is is to watch Dave grow all these years and have his perspective change and have his lyrics, you know, grow with him and. I mean, I always loved, I loved all that stuff. I, um, from the very first album with the Ray gun. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, I've loved it all. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's hard, it's, I, it's impossible for me to say, but I, they, op, they, they, um, hold two different, the very important places in my heart. Amazing. I love, I love that kind of conversation that music can bring up. People get so deep in the trenches about things they love and can t articulate why they love it. The thing that I always have the least patience for is when someone's like, that band sucks. I mean, if that's that could be true or not, whatever, but say, like I say, I'm not a fan of Nickelback. I think their guitar riffs are simplistic. I don't like their lyrics. I don't, like, I'll explain what I don't like about them. But yeah. to just go around and say, this music sucks, it's like, well, they made it, they released it, people are paying for it. So, like, why would why be so short-sighted? What's the point? I know. I, I hate that as well. This, this sort of like um, my personal opinion of this music is a definitive like this band sucks. And if you like them, you suck or your yeah. ears are bad or whatever. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I never quite got that either. And that was that was one of the things that I had to eventually kind of break out of as a teenager was this sort of like there was it felt like there was such a a delineation between what i mean it's kind of what beavis and butthead was like this is cool right this sucks you know like <laughs> there was no gray area it was uh, you were either yeah. in the cool team or the not cool team and um and to be able to just kind of like also what you were talking about with the pop music the female yeah. you know like um if you like it you like it there's not it's it, the we can and i think there's been a huge uprising in like you know, especially like in the sort of, I'd say, pa the passionate community <laughs> where <laughs> like loving shows and loving music and showing how much you love something. Like, you know, if you go to a, a Comic Con or something, if you see someone who is dressed like completely as some character, it doesn't matter if you didn't ever see the show or didn't yeah. like the show you're like wow you loved something and that yeah. is so amazing you loved something enough to build that entire <laughs> outfit right. and come here and um and i i love that we're able to sort of share things like that more and not just sort of cut cut things down and this band sucks and that band sucks and yeah yeah i started a, a podcast series called side quests it's within the feed of my bigger gaming podcast fun and games the idea behind it is every episode is a different host talking about a game they love and why they love it it doesn't matter what game it is it doesn't matter how old or new it is i wanted to put out into the world people especially in the games industry talking about games they love with oh, no judgment that. Yeah, um, I'll send I'll send you a link to it. It's just it, the idea of it was I I got mad when the new Paper Mario was announced, 
and they were like, oh, you know, because the last ones haven't been as good or whatever. And I people were like naysaying it when we got like a 30 second clip of what it was going to be about. And I'm like, why? Like, you know nothing about this game. And like, I have it now and I don't think it's a perfect Paper Mario, but I enjoy it. And for you to <laughs> poop all over my experience because <laughs> you had a bad experience. It's like, why? Just yeah. You're entitled to not like things. Like, of, of course. course. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But for you to crap all over someone who doesn't like it because you don't like it doesn't make any sense. It's like, what's I, the point? I completely agree. And and so it's been really fun to discover these corners of the Internet where people are just, you know, quietly and respectfully enjoying the things they enjoy with with no judgment. It's It's really it really is a brilliant thing. And I think the Internet community especially during a time of quarantine right now and pandemic you're finding those groups that you can connect with and kind of trying to connect with people i think the importance of like a call like this where you can talk to someone face to face even over video is so much more important now than it ever was before the pandemic because absolutely like everything is severed and frayed at this point it's bizarre i mean i i also i even just at the beginning of this call i was like oh how do how do i talk to other <laughs> People. people again <laughs> how do i form sentences it's just bizarre because the the days have have looked so similar um and it's been you know it's been wonderful with a little baby and i'm very happy and um i'm, I'm enjoying the home that i'm in um but it, it there is a sort of like thing of time passing in a in a bizarre way where someone will be like i'm going on a road trip and i'm i won't be home for a month and then the next day, they're like, all right, I'm back. You're like, wait, oh, it is August, I guess. It's just so <laughs> strange. But it, it has been nice that there, there's been all this technology to help us remain connected and going even like logging into Switch or, or PlayStation and being like, oh, this person is playing that game. I know that about them. Yeah, now. I know Not they're playing that way, game but like, right now. Oh, like, let me scroll through what they've played and, um, oh, they've only played this game for a few minutes. Maybe it's not that good or uh, <laughs> maybe I won't download it. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's nice to sort of feel that sort of disconnected connection. Um, for sure. Yeah. There's a game that just came out that, uh, I, I, you said you have a PlayStation. I don't know if you have PlayStation plus, which gets you a few free games every month, but one of the free games this month is called fall guys. And it's a battle Royale game, but instead you're playing as like these little dopey doughy characters. And it's like, remember the TV show Wipeout, where like things, people got knocked off platforms. Yeah. 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 Competition. It's that, but in video game form with 60 other actual players. And like it oh. narrows you down from, from map to map. And then like eventually one person is crowned the winner. So it's like Fortnite, but like way more funny and silly and goofy and lighthearted. Um, I highly oh, that recommend sounds it. Awesome. Uh, it's just, I've been playing it so much. I saw it at PAX East back in March in Boston. And since then, like I've just watched videos of it. It's just the purest form of joy and goofiness. And I feel like I need that right now. Like I've played so many narrative games, some of them being heavy and it's like, and those are great too, but I need something oh, yeah. that I can just laugh at. And it's been so fun to play that game and just watch these goobery little like jelly bean guys, like wobble around and fall over and knock each other over. Um, oh, that's awesome. I highly recommend you checking it out. I think you'd really enjoy it. I will definitely check that out. Yeah. Um, well, Jason, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for making the time today oh my um, gosh thank you so much it's so fun this has been a blast um i would love for you before we wrap up it's a little corny but i love doing this uh, you've done so many awesome things over the years 
um, as an acting professional and as someone who's just done so a variety of different things and has been successful, do you have any advice to offer someone who's maybe, I mean, now is a terrible time to break into acting because nothing's happening, but, right. uh, but, but do you have any uh, advice, maybe something you didn't know when you were starting out that like might help someone now while they try and figure out maybe they want to be an actor or act or be in TV or shows? Yeah. You know, I think that, um, I think that one of the things that I didn't really understand at first is, um, and I think this is, this is like for acting, but also for art in general and also just for life <laughs> and for <laughs> just being a person in the world. Um, and it, it, I, I, you know, it's not, it's not like a new thing, but I don't know. Sometimes I've heard like certain cliches over my life. And then at a certain point I'm like, Oh, Oh, that's actually profound. I kind of like, put it aside because I've heard it so many times, but, um, but basically the thing that I, I would say is you are the only person who has had your experiences and that is what you have to offer the world there. I think there was like a, an idea in my head of, okay, so here are the, the actors and then they get replaced by the, another same type of that actor. Like, so if you want to be like an action guy, you got to, you know, you do this and you wait until Steven Seagal retires and then you realize he's never going to retire. <laughs> right. He's going to act <laughs> forever. <keep> going. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, so, so I think I think that was what I had this idea of, like, you had to sort of emulate your heroes in order to be them uh, in, order, in order to get what they had. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, oh, Al Pacino or whoever is is Al Pacino because he's the only one he wasn't growing up going I'm kind of like uh Edward G Robinson mixed with <laughs> you know like uh, he he's, right. was him and and um and that's what he brought to it and and um I think in general even in like the way we were talking about things that suck or if, if you can't like this or the more that you explore your own self and find the things that you like find the things that make you angry find the things that that make you you. And I mean, a pandemic is a great time to go inward and reflect on some of those things. And then I think the other thing that was just not around when I, when, you know, when I was first starting out is this ability to create your own stuff and just yeah. get it out in the world. There was no YouTube or, you know, the closest thing was like, maybe we can film some, crazy fake accident and send it into America's funniest home videos. And you know, <clears throat> that was the closest thing to YouTube yeah. that there ever was, but it's been incredible to watch people self create, you know, their own things through whatever it is that makes them happy. Uh, you know, and like podcast is a great example. Yeah. People are like, here are the things that I love talking about. Oh, other people like talking about that. Other people are gravitating towards, you know, if if someone is not going to like you for who you are, um, then what are you going to do to make them like you? Like, it's, right. and and it was uh, it's a thing that was partly why what obsessed me about Kurt Cobain was this whole thing of like, he'd rather, you know, be hated for who he was than liked for who he wasn't. And yeah. that is that's like a gold standard for me 
even though there's a part of me that's like, but I still maybe would rather be liked for who I'm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, it's really hard to like put that into action because we right. all want to be liked. We all want to be, you know, we all have a, we want to fit in. We want to have a community of people who like us and enjoy us. But I think that the, the more we can try to stay true to who we are and it's an ongoing thing. I mean, I'm, I'm 40 and I'm still trying to do this. I still find myself cutting off pieces of truth about myself in order to fit into a, you know, a group setting or someone says something that I don't like. And I'm like, Oh, what do I, what do I do? Um, so it, it, it takes practice, but I, but anyway, in the acting world, like you are the only person who's you and that, and the more that you can explore that and do work on yourself, because acting is like an art form that's so tied into who you are, you can try to do as much work on yourself just to be a happier person and be more aware of the way you operate. Um, and it's like research into, you know, if you have to play a character that has to know why they do the things that they do. Totally. Awesome. That's great. Well, thank you again, Jason, so much for taking the time chat with me. This was a blast. The last thing I'll have you do is you have a saying on the podcast. It's born out of my music podcast that's now on hiatus. It's this idea that as long as you're making good art, life isn't that bad. Like you can get through anything. And so the phrase is music is life and life is good. So if you could say that for me, we'll sign off the show. Music is life and life is good. That's it for this episode of Crash Chords Autographs. Our theme music is by Michael Kill. Our logo was designed by Case Aiken and Joey Amans. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Facebook. You'll help us reach more listeners. Questions, comments, or guest recommendations? Email matt.storm at crashchords.com or hit us up on Twitter at Crash Chords Web. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Victor Devon, and I am the host of We Burlesque, the podcast. Every Monday, I talk to fabulous denizens of nightlife, including burlesque performers, both seasoned and new to the form, drag performers, performance artists, DJs, and artists who make up their respective scenes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Please visit weburlesque.com to check out episode recaps and see all the formats available. And remember that music is life. Life is good. Video games are a unique medium. They can tell stories. Immerse us in strange, fantastic worlds. Blur the very boundaries of our reality. But at the end of the day, video games are fun. Whatever fun is to you. I'm Jeff Moonen. And I am Matt A.K. Stormageddon. And on Fun and Games, we talk about the history, trends, and community of video games. It's a celebration of all the games we play and all the fun we find within them. And there's so many more games out there. So we hope you'll share in that conversation with us. Fun and Games podcast with Matt and Jeff. Find us on certpov.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And happy gaming.